We are waiting for Al to come in for this chat on intersectional inter intentional intersectionality. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. I uh, just finished doing a class. Um, I was checking out. I was just checking out um, Koya Webb's Get Loved Up for uh, the third day in a row this week. So it's been a really good experience, a really awesome experience, um, just being able to be in a live setting, but also with um, beautiful women of color um, and just kind of starting my day, just kind of powered up and boosted up and my heart feels super open and ready for the day. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. What a beautiful <laughs> dose of just good vibes. Um, Al, thank you for being here. I'm actually really excited to vibe with you because we haven't had like a conversation yet. So this is our, our yeah. first initial like thing. Um, I would love to, you know, um, I don't want to ask you like, tell me about yourself. I want you to share what are some things in your life that have contributed to who you are today? Mm, I like that. Some adversities or things in my life that I've overcome that have um, gotten me to where I am today. Um, there was a lot of addiction in my family and home growing up. I of that, um, a lot of the work that I did um, was kind of running, and running, 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 I became a runner, but I became a really strong runner who would stand their ground, um, so there was like points where I wouldn't run, I'd stand my ground, and the world would try to break me down, but I wouldn't, and I was so young too, so I had to kind of, you know, do whatever the world kind of told me to do, and um, so... Over time, as I, like, got over, you know, I guess, I didn't really get over it. I'm still working to get over it. I think you don't really ever get over it. You just learn how to live with it, um, you know. And I found that, you know, through, like, getting over that and different types of homelessness um, and then also dealing with just being queer and kind of hiding that from my grandmother <laughs> and my mom. But they, they would find, like, things. They would find, like, me like on the internet like looking at porn like they would see that and they would like bring it up to me and i'd be like what like i don't know what to say i'd just be like oh my god like what the fuck do i say like, <laughs> like <laughs> just being honest and um you know and so i i feel like you know there was that and then there's also there's also just like different things that there's different traumas that were pushed on to me um, from, like, my mom's life. Um, so my mom was raised by a very abusive person in the city, um, in New York City. So I'm from New York um, originally. And right now I live in California, um, which is kind of like the dream place that I always wanted to live in. I always wanted to be out here. Like, something about California just told me, like, I have to be out here. And so to be out here, it feels really good. And to get out here again, it was kind of, you know, like, using a lot of the tools that I've gained over life, over like being homeless, over being, you know, having like parents that did crack cocaine, um, you know, dealing with not always having a lot of money, always being on food stamps, always being a part of, you know, the low economic system and always like looking, kind of like seeing like on TV and stuff and being like, yo, I want that, I want that. Wanting friends, wanting connection, wanting to like 
really be able to, you know, be that person that people can look up to. And at the time, I just kind of felt like there was nothing for me, you know. And when you're in that, when you're in that bubble, when you're in that life, it feels like there's nothing for you. And you really have to, there's no one in the hood that's going to come and like, be like, hey, like, let's, like, let's work on this. Like, and if they do come, you're going to be like, F you, like, I don't want to listen to you. You know, so I really, I had to do it myself. I had to really take myself out of the situation, travel, meet different people, you know, go through some other fucked up situations, um, you know, like having like abusive partners, having people that lie to you, you know, learning what love is and what love isn't. Mm. And, um, and now what I'm learning is like how to be polyamorous and like how to share someone that I really love deeply with like other beings. And it's like... Mm. Woo, like that's a lot for me so there's there's a lot there's a, there's a lot of um what is it? there's like an evolution i like to say um you know and i feel like i started out as like the caterpillar for sure and i didn't know if i'd ever become a butterfly you know i always felt like there was birds like kind of overshadowing me like about to get me or like i always felt like there the world was running out of leaves or something and so you know but you know i kept looking i kept going out you know, I kept trying to build something, whatever it was. And I started doing yoga, kind of like, like similar story to you, you know, I didn't have a lot. And when I, when I heard your story during the B-School, I really, like, I actually cried, you know, and it was the first time that, like, I've done a training where I feel like, you know, I'm with, like, someone that's, that's down with me. Like, I just feel like we're, like, either from the same star, we just do the same shit, or I don't know what it is, but, like. I'm like, yo, like, I can vibe with this person. Yo, they understand what it's like to really struggle when you're trying to help people heal. When you're out here teaching yoga in the park and white people come and they might not donate to you and you're like, okay, okay, I'm going to let that slide. Okay. You know, like, that stuff really hits and it hits different because you're, like, out there and you're helping them heal when, when we ourselves, like, need healing, you know? And it's kind of like, it's a weird... And it's a weird circle and like a part of our healing sometimes comes from like us getting bread and being able to use that bread to feed ourselves and being able to use that bread to like you know move through space and owning property owning land like you said also like that is part of what we need to start doing with our experience like I'm I didn't want to do what my parents did you know and not to say like my mom's doing shit differently because she said you know what F this crack addiction I'm going back to school I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do this. So now she's doing her own thing. She has her own house, has her own business in Richmond. And she has her own car. And I'm just like, cool. You know, like, I see you. And I respect that. And it's something to look up to, even though, like, we had a very abusive relationship growing up and we didn't really get along a lot. Mm. Um, we found our connection through me doing private yoga sessions with her. Wow. Um, over time, I started teaching her yoga. And so. Wow. Yeah, to answer your question. <laughs> I just want to say uh, just thank you for your vulnerability and for, for being so open. I'm sure that there are people in here who will be listening who will definitely resonate and relate. So I just thank you because vulnerability and sharing our stories is truly what connects us. And I'm just grateful for your honesty and for your openness. Um, I want to I wanna learn about at what point in your journey, um, I know you talked a little bit about it, but when, how did yoga and wellness even get introduced to you? Because 
when we are living sort of in that place of survival, right? And and they're like you spoke about feeling like you needed to shield and that there's something sort of always something after you and always something like, you know, on the brink of like happening, it's really can be difficult to move into a place of, you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take control of the situation and I'm gonna find some healing and, and to even recognize that you need healing, right? Like that's the whole thing too, is just even the recognition. So how did you come into, you know, moving beyond maybe just a place of survival and recognizing, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do something about the way that I feel and elevate myself. Like what, what introduced you to wellness and, and, and yoga? So, um, yeah, I honestly, weirdly similar also story to you. I was working with food in a restaurant. Um, and I was working in restaurants, and I always looked up to the server position um, because I was always a busser or someone like in the back or whatever. And you know, I always wanted to do that for some reason because, again, like I wanted that kind of like I was saying, I wanted that face. I wanted whatever. I wanted to show people who I am and like to share whatever this love is that I have with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, from doing or from like really working my way up into being a server, I learned about food. Mm-hmm. And from learning about food, I started to gain a relationship with food a bit more and I started to just pay attention. Mm-hmm. And um, I was cooking more, I was around like chefs. I was privileged in a way because I was able to go to college. Um, I was staying with my mom in the hood of Providence, Rhode Island. We just, I just finished high school. Um, I did an extra year because I, I I didn't do good in like one year because I wasn't paying attention or whatever um, to my grades. And so uh, we were living in a homeless shelter together, which was so awkward for like my senior year of high school. Wow. That's where I was living. Like that's where I left for my prom from. That's where I graduated high mm. school from. And, you know, and that's, and it was interesting because I was like, I'm not going to stay here though. Like this isn't where I'm going to stay. Um, and so, yeah, like, I started to connect with food, and I also got, um, I had a partner um, at a time, and this partner lied to me about um, certain things about themselves, and so with that, I had to change up my whole lifestyle, too, and I started to dive deeper into um, just food, dive deeper into um just kind of like what is the what is going on like what is this spiritual experience or like what is this experience anyways and I had a really abusive partner like that partner that I was with um and I had to break free from that and so I broke free from that I left you know I danced my way out I had my headphones in I was like I'm gonna channel some I don't know what energy I'm channeling some shakti energy some shit I started dancing my way out I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just knew that if I put my headphones in, if I just kept dancing, and if I just kept grabbing my shit and putting it in my car, I would get the fuck out of that space. Because he was just sitting there, being toxic, being abusive, mm. throwing the words out, really getting into my head. Mm. A lot of people try to get into a black man's head, um, especially when you're a gay black man, and especially when you're working or when you're transitioning and you're figuring out what your fucking gender is and who you are. Mm. So, yeah, it was really kind of, you know, things going on with my body, things going on with my mind, 
things going on with my spirit, feeling drained. And I didn't really know which way to go. I had a group of friends, and this group of friends, um, they really helped me. And it was a group of white folks, you know, and we were living in Providence, whatever. And I was kind of like the token black guy that was with them. And I always was kind of like, hmm, like, there's something, <laughs> like, there's just something wrong here, you know? But the good thing that I gained from that, like, the good thing that I gained from that was an, awake, was an awakening of the third eye, was an awakening into yoga. My friend Chris Baruby had a yoga book. And so, like, yes, some of this healing is gatekept by white folks. And you sometimes we need to, mm. unfortunately, like, for a lot of us, at least, we find it through them. And, you know, we see them as kind of the ones that hold, you know, the truth or whatever again. And then we're like, wait, no, like, where did you get the truth from? And so I questioned that. And so a lot of questioning things. I started just questioning things like, mm. okay, who the F are you? Like, what are you saying? One of my friends started to get a little crazy and he was like, I am Archangel Michael Gabriel, like whatever. He started to like get into some shit. And I was like, okay, like, this is getting crazy. Uh, we were living together. I was making my skincare. I started to really get into like herbalism. I started to get into like making skincare. I make a cocoa butter product. Um, and so... I was making it whatever, I made a mess when he like cut me, he like hit me with a blender and he like cut my shoulder and stuff. Mm. So we got into like a really deep fight, but you know, we, we never really deeply connected again. He still sends me like tokens of love here and there, um, like through the mail. And I just kind of accept it because I let it go and um, I just kind of kept my space. But yeah, like these people had whatever, like the knowledge they had, um, what that book's called but it's like this this purple book i forget exactly the words um that it says on the, on it but it's just like this sacred geometrical book that really just kind of just kind of throws things out there that really kind of like opens up your mind i started mm. just really diving deeper into studying and figuring out like what is this experience mm. wow wow um what did you as you started to discover it kind of on your own terms um, and dive deeper into it, what did you find out that kept you in the practice? So what really kept me in the practice was the connection to everything, but also to kind of like, the connection to myself, the connection that I felt when I would eat from like the land, the connection that I would feel when I would talk to people with an open mind, the connection mm. that I would feel when I would let my shoulders relax, just everything. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I can do that. Like, I don't know how to relax. Even when I get massages now, they're like, can you relax? I'm moving your leg. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> and so, like, it's, it can be hard to relax, especially when you have a trauma response to tense up. And so yoga and healing and, you know, connecting to the food, it all starts to make sense. I started to notice my body change. I started to notice mm. my focus change. I started to notice my direction change. I have plan for like my life for once and I was mm. like cool like I want to teach yoga mm. how do I get there mm. I love that I love that um wow um 
as you started to enter more into the space and get interested in teaching, what barriers or things have you noticed as far as being a part of the LGBTQ community in wellness? And um, and then we can kind of segue into what you're up to and, and the reasons behind it. Yeah. So um, some barriers for sure, you know, is finding teachers who I can identify with. Um, and that is a really, really important aspect um, to healing. Mm. Um, even when we do therapy, you know, when we generally do therapy, we're, we're sometimes looking for someone that we can really identify with. We're looking for someone that understands what we've been through. Yeah. And so for, for me, you know, I look to yoga, yes, for like exercise, but mostly for therapy and mostly for, you know, getting my mind right, getting my body right. Um, and so, yeah, like being able to, um, find a teacher that looked like me was just impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, and even online, um, it's still hard to find, you know, teachers that look like me and teachers who identify like me. And for the first time I found a choreographer, um, who identifies, um, like me and, you know, just to be able to dance and get out there and just kind of feel like, okay, like, I need to get my presence online, too. Like, I need to get my presence out there. I need to do this work, too, because there's someone out there who maybe not doesn't want to dance but wants to do yoga and wants to feel, you know, that presence of someone. Mm. Um, and so the other barriers, for sure, you know, that we all face as POC um, is just the financial barriers. And so, you know, and, and the barrier of having the mindset that I don't, I can't do this or mm. I don't have enough. Mm. And, you know, a lot of that was like my own personal work that I had to break free from. And a lot of us getting free is our own personal work. Like to get free, there isn't really anyone that's going to push us to get free. There's people who might influence us, but it's really our work to kind of, you know, push forward and to figure out like, what do I need to do to get free? Um, and so, yeah, you know, I had the mindset and I didn't have the funds though. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have really the mindset to, or the, the, the tools to get, you know, where I wanted to be. And so that was a barrier for me. Um, another barrier mm. for sure is, um, just finding, you know, finding like a space or finding like teachers online even who aren't going to talk about like gender or going to talk about like certain things. Like there's sometimes teachers online who will say just like some crazy things and you're just mm -hmm. like, okay, like, or like girls, girls, girls should be really flexible and boys, boys or whatever. Like I've heard like, this mm -hmm. is like a crazy, there's some crazy teacher. And I'm just like, how did this get online? Like if I said some crazy stuff like that, why would I ever say that? But like if some stuff was like that was ever said, you know, like why would they post that? Like that's just like, there's just so many, like, red flags in that comment, you know? And it's just kind of like, mm. there's, there, like, yoga online, a lot of the time, is very white, is very white-centered. There's a lot of white voices, a lot of white folks taking up space. Um, and in order to change that, you know, we need to, again, you know, gain more power and be, be, put more presence out into um, the internet. Yeah. So. Definitely. There is some crazy ass shit that's being said out there. No lie. Um, <laughs> and you do, you do have to wonder, like, did someone, where did you f figure out that this was okay for you to say? Like, what? Yeah, um, it's just like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know, and 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 what I noticed and what I can also say too is like as a person who has really uh shown up and put on for for the black community and black women specifically, I realized that even within BIPOC communities, there's still a lot of work to do around centering other identities. And um, it's something that that I have started to really think about and looked at, okay, well, you know, what can I do and how can I, um, how can I just really start to do that work? Um, what would you say to people who are wanting to create more intent intersectionality on their platforms or in their brands, like what would you say and what are some of the like common mistakes that people make? So I'd say to really, um, you know, center different voices and to center different folks, I think that there needs to be, again, you know, these people in power in your businesses I worked at a lot of different yoga studios and they're like they're like, yes, we're diverse in our in our, our yoga teachers. And maybe there's like me, the one black male yoga teacher there, and then there's, you know, seven white yoga teachers there, one Asian yoga teacher there, and maybe maybe one or two brown skin um or Latinx um women there. And so that's cool, like there's diversity there in a way. But there's still like, why are there, you know, seven of these teachers here who are also taking up a lot of space in the yoga industry and are also taking up a lot of space just in general in the healing arts. And, you know, it's fine for them to take up space, but we need to, in order to change that, we need to bring in more people of color. We need to bring in more people who aren't taking up space or who don't have the ability to take up the space because the businesses that have a lot of the power at the moment are generally white. The ones that are showing up and all of the billboards are white, are white owned. And so, um, you know, changing that up um, really means changing that up with the people who are in power of your business, the people who make decisions in your business, because from there, those people, then you don't really have to do much work from there because those people are going to make the change for you. Mm. You know, you don't need to do anything. Those people are going to show up for you. They're going to speak up. And the next thing that you really need to do actually is listen. Mm -hmm. Listening is actually the next part of the work. Don't ignore, don't not listen. Like don't think that there isn't any work left, but do listen to what the people in power that you bring in have to say. Um, and then the next thing that I would say really, um, to bring it to, like to your platforms and online, um, you know, like don't sell us, don't sell us like for no discount. Don't be like, oh, here's a black package. I saw that shit in my email. I almost vomited. I was like, what are they doing? They sent me. They're like, here's a black package of like videos, and, like, something from like one of these online yoga things. Um, they're lucky I don't remember who they are because I, I just had to let it go. But <laughs> ooh. But they were selling it for like fifty percent off, oh no, oh no, Black History Month. Oh no, celebrate Black teachers. And I was just like, you know what? Wow. You know what? That's what I. That's that's not how you do it. That's how you piss people off. That's how you lose business. That's yeah. how you show people your true colors, though. Also, and maybe you don't need that power. Maybe you need to give your seat to someone else. Maybe that's you need right. to call someone. 
you need to find someone else to take over your business because you don't need to be running the business. Right. Because you clearly are following a mindset that is not going to push this world forward. You're pushing the world back. Mm -hmm. And we don't need that. We don't need that bullshit anymore. That shit's old. We all saw it. We saw that shit for four years, but we saw that shit way before. But we saw that shit for four years, like, in our face. And, like, it's, no, like, it's time to change that. It's time to Mm. do the work. It's time to open up your eyes and bring in more people of color into power in your businesses. Mm. Bringing in, again, more businesses of color, especially uh, trans businesses of color, um, into, like, your space, promoting them, sharing them. Mm. Um, So. Yes. You know, as you're saying that, I'm just grabbing my charger because my phone's on low. Um, As you're saying that, you know. um, Thank you. I, you know, it was leftovers from B school, but we out here. Um, <laughs> um, as you're saying that, you know, what what comes to mind for me is like how um, how so much of the things that you're saying are the same things that I train and talk to people about when I'm speaking to white-owned businesses and things like that. And so I, I think about just the importance as people of color to um, not employ the same oppressive tactics um, and to not just mirror the behavior and say that we're doing the work or saying that we're changing things. So I think it's it's important for, for us as people of color who have platforms and who are building something to be vigilant of where where are we reproducing some of the same um, oppressive or harmful um, ways of doing business and just to watch that and to be aware of it and to uh, to do something to change it because it's already just a lot to have to deal with it from white folks, but to then also have to deal with it between within our own race is, is not only disheartening, but just like, fuck, we really don't need that. <laughs> You know, like we really don't need that. So um, it's just no one is above doing the work. You know, like we're we're all forever doing the work. And while some people may have a little more work to do than others, we have to uh, remember that we never arrive, right? Um, yeah. This charger yeah, is not working. Good. So continue uh, if you have something to add to that while I grab my other one. Very good. Yeah, I think um, another big part of um, you know, bridging intersectionality is also um, having, like, having, like, a sliding scale, or, like, you talk about um, a lot of the time, or you said in B-School, having, like, a tier, or, like, a way for, like, people to interact and and explore healing with you in some capacity, no matter how much money they have. Right. Um, And so that means opening up, doesn't mean doing all of your stuff donation-based, that doesn't mean selling yourself out for nothing. You can still have, yes, like your 200 an hour rate for your, for your classes or your workshops or whatever. But, you know, like do your rate, like whatever, donation based for some of your classes or like for one of your classes or like for once, once in a while, like do something for the community just so that, you know, you are, again, making space for people who cannot always show up to, you know, whatever, different um, expensive, you know, courses and retreats that they can show up to your class, they can show up to your virtual thing and you can still build community in that way. Absolutely. And maybe, and then maybe from there you can build up their mindset and they can come to the retreat. They can 
you'd be like, all right, like we're in this class. Oh, you have a you have a mindset. You have want to meditate on something. Like let's do this. Like we can do this work together. And that's a, that's some cool work too. Like that's some that's like a bridge. If you know how to get someone to that step, then you can do that. And that's doing even more work. That's helping people without power get that power. And that's like mm-hmm. that is some that's some that is the work that we need. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Which leads us perfectly into into the work that you're up to. Um, so, you know, you go, you've gone through all of these different experiences and I know that you teach a trauma based, trauma informed style of yoga as well. Um, but I think like many of us, especially black folks and POC, like the experiences that we, we turn our pain into power. We turn our pain into purpose. And I think that just listening to you, you're just such a, such a beautiful and perfect example of that. Um, talk about, you know, your dreams, your goals for what you're up to, um, and you know, what you would like to see, what your intent is with, with what you're doing. Cool. Well, thank you for, (laughs) thank you again for, you know, all of those kind words and for taking the time out to, um, have this conversation with me, um, getting to know me. And, um, yeah, I think, um, a lot of the work that I, or I know, a lot of the work that I'm doing comes from just wanting to heal the the inner child within that still needs healing. Mm. And so, my my um when we when I did my because I'm gonna keep talking about the beautiful things so that shit changed. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I feel like I'm like oh like I went through a portal like everything like my there's like something inside me, like my, I don't know, like the energy, like everything just makes sense. Mm. And I, you know, I've done different courses programs that I've been um, using in my business, but you have it broken down in a way where like my brain can finally like take everything down and decompartmentalize it and really like digest everything. Mm. And that was hard for me as a creative person because I don't understand all this shit. I don't have that brain to be like, okay, let me, look at this and look at this like when I go on those apps I'm just like okay I'm gonna make my post okay I don't know what the colors are gonna be today but today they're gonna be red black and white I don't know it's gonna look great it's gonna look cool I love it cool put it up (laughs) you know there was no consistency there was and it was chaotic and it and it became harder when I had different aspects to my business growth alongside it Mm. and so um now that I'm now that I'm done talking about how excited I am to rebrand everything, what I'm doing is I have um, Adventures with Owl. So Adventures with Owl is basically my lifestyle brand um, business where I am working to you know share who I am. I'm starting to dive deeper into my my blog. I'm sharing just like lifestyle, so queer travel, um, just queer like food, just really like. Showing people that us as queer, black, and brown people can, you know, live a life of luxury, can live a life of leisure, and we can do that, and we can also do work at the same time. And so what does that look like? You know, and I'm kind of doing that work where, like, okay, like, I want to do work, but I also need to do work that doesn't, because I've done all this restaurant work, I've done all this external work that really really pushed my body but not in ways that i wanted to push my body i don't want to do all that i didn't need to 
be holding all those plates. That <laughs> I'm trying to tell doing, you. Doing all that stuff. You know, like, why am I caring about this lobster? Why, like, why is I, why did I spend five minutes stressing out about that? You know, like, there's mm-hmm. other things, there's more important things that I want to do. And so, um, Adventures with Owl uh, bridges off to Amani Yoga. And then Amani Yoga is the vision that it started before the pandemic, but the pandemic hit because I was already kind of like, I need to get on this internet swag. Like, I, I already saw it and I was like, I need to do this. Like, I was watching yoga with Adrian. I was like, she's on it. She's on it. <laughs> Look, Adrian is not out here playing with nobody. <laughs> She is so real, and I'm like, that's what I need to do. I need to just be myself, just show up, and it takes a lot to show up like that. It takes it a does. lot. Like, I don't know if people understand why Adrian has that success, but it's because of the way that she shows up. She just shows up like, all right, <laughs> today we're gonna da 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 da, and people are like, that's me. That's how I. That's how I would. That's how I live my life. And so mm. it's like a relatability, but um. You know, anyways, we're not going to spend time talking about her. But, you know, I saw that and I saw different things like that. And that was like, okay, I'm going to, I need to start doing that. And then I started doing Udaya Yoga, um, which is kind of like an online, on demand, you know, like video platform. Mm-hmm. And it's just like all these different videos. But I was like, there's not really, there's Koya Webs on there. Um, and I think there's like one other person of color that teaches on there. But I was just like, there's no one here. Like, there's no, there's no representation for me here. Right. Like, yeah, I don't want to open up my heart with Jessica. No, I don't want to be. No, I don't want to do that tonight. You know, I don't. I want. <laughs> I really don't feel like doing that right now. I want to open my heart up with LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to open up my heart with LeBron. I want to open up my heart with you know someone who I can identify with, someone who has been through something that you know, I can relate to, and the reasoning why is because there is not a lot of representation for that. Yeah. And so, Imani Yoga, um, that is the dream to change that, and to have a platform where it's on demand, you know, there's there's videos, and there's a chance for people to try to just kind of click, go on, subscribe for, like, less than $20 a month or whatever, mm-hmm. and go watch the videos that they want to watch. Yeah. And so, that creates a space for you know, not a lot of work up front because those videos are there so that the teachers or whoever, you know, that I go and I record, they don't really have to do a lot of work up front, but they can still get promoted. They can still get paid from the people who, you know, come into the space mm-hmm. and that subscribe and that watch the videos. Mm. Um, and so the, the one challenge that I'm really seeing, though, is just kind of having constant content. But um I think we're going to push past that because I have a lot of support and friends out in Philly um, who are down to kind of help out. Um, There's some teachers out there that I want to work with. And then I have um, support over here, too. Um, So I feel really good and supported with um, this venture. Um, And then the next part is QTPOC Talks. Um, So that is my podcast um, where I basically highlight um, a queer and trans person of color for about an hour, we talk about their art, we talk about mm. just what they're doing, what's going on in the world. Um, and so that's that has about two seasons. I'm really mm. proud of myself for sticking with it. Um, it started as like a visual thing on YouTube. And then one day I was in I was living in Virginia and it was hot and I was I was one of those people 
who kind of like was always running to the thing like 10 minutes behind like on my skateboard. POC time. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I was a little late. But I got to like my last session and I remember like I was just I was like my hands were up because we were dancing and I looked at the review and I was like, oh no, I can't be on I can't be doing this online like stuff with my my armpit sweating like that. Like nope. I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Nope. We're gonna have to clean like, this, this up one time. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't <laughs> let it go. I, I was like, all right. So I was like, I need to change this. I need to do it. Is there a way? And I was like, oh, a podcast is super easy. It's not as hard. It's not as like because you have a show like when you're on face to face you gotta show up mm-hmm. like it's not like it's not like a podcast where like oh here's my microphone i'm actually like in my room or whatever <laughs> right <laughs> sipping tea in my robe you know <laughs> real talk <laughs> but when you're you know when you're doing it like when you're live you know you gotta show up differently and so i changed that and i started doing the podcast and, and that's available um, in anywhere people stream. Mm-hmm. And you it, can find it on about seven different platforms. Uh, Spotify and iTunes are the most popular platforms. And it's it. called QTPOC Talks. Mm-hmm. Very good. Talks. Very good. Yeah. And then the last part, um, or the last um, bridge of uh, the work that I'm doing, um, at least with my healing business, is um, Wanderlust Skincare. Mm. So. We are, I'm, I'm going to probably change the name just because there's been a lot of, um, during my journey, um, I've had that name for about, since 2014 or 15, yeah, around there. I've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've met about seven white folks who are like, oh, I have a business called Wanderlust something or I do something. And I was like, okay, you know, like maybe I came up with this name at a time where like my <laughs> mind was a little colonized still and I need to like. Rework that. Mm. So I'm reworking that name. Um, we're gonna rework that. We're gonna make it as black as it can be. Cause I was like trying to please everyone. I first started my business. Mm. I would like give samples to people, um, and a lot of the people that would come were white folks, and they'd be like, "Oh, this is a little greasy," or "Oh, this is this." I I started to look into like aloe vera like skincare things, and I was like, "What am I doing? Mm. What am I trying? I don't need to please these people. Like a part of this business." is for me, there's a problem within my life and within the people around me's lives that needs to be fixed. And mm-hmm. so I, I can't be fixing everyone else's problems. Uh, like, this is that's your problem. If you if this is greasy for you, I'm sorry. Right. For me and for people like me, it feels good. Wrong like audience. Me, <laughs> Wrong <laughs> audience. So. <laughs> Facts. And so um, that is relaunching. I'm really excited for that um, this spring. Um, it's been on the back burner for a bit, but I want to relaunch it, rebrand it, and really do everything intentionally. I've been really being intentional for this year and really mm. like a lot of healing this year, a lot of purging this year. Mm. But um, I feel like the year fucking B course came at, that shit came at the right time. You know, I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? I was like, how much money? I don't even care. Here we go. Like, okay, I don't. It's gonna. I'm gonna figure it out. It's gonna. It's gonna work. And you know, like. And then my stimulus check came in, and I was like, Come on, worked. Stimmy. It, it worked. Okay. Come on, Stimmy. <laughs> do what you do. <laughs> and so you know, like utilizing and having having the privilege also to save up some money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, while also, you know, I'm trying. I try to reach out to whoever I can. 
um, donate to wherever I can, mm -hmm. um, and also just live a lifestyle too where I'm not wreaking havoc on the world. Mm. Um, so, and, and like putting that into my brand. Yeah. So putting my lifestyle values into mm. my brand helps me to form a business that fits with me. Yes. That makes me happy yes. also. Yes. So that the work that I do doesn't drain me, but sustains me. Yes, absolutely. Morgan, we're going to see you in the course. Um, but yeah. that's real, you know, and I think a lot of people miss that, like you said, in trying to please everybody or be palatable or just, you know, we all want to be accepted to some degree, but the, the first thing we have to do is accept ourselves and then everything else falls in line. And I love what you said about infusing your brand, you know, across all of them with like who you are as a person and it, it what it does is that it allows you to show up authentically. You know, a lot of people are not showing up on this platform authentically because, their brand maybe not is not directly aligned with who they are. And so and I think we're seeing more of that transition as people are really wanting to just live in their truth, you know what I mean? And not and yeah. not <clears throat> I think especially for black folks over the last year, especially like we done, we're done, we're done with the mask, we're done with the code switch, we're done. Like we're we're gonna be black as we have always been now, out in public, like fuck what you heard. So I think that there is just a a quest for all of us to just you know to be just more of who we actually are all the time and when you are able to create a brand that really um is a reflection of you it just it makes it easy you know it makes it e it makes it easier not that running businesses a business or businesses is easy but it makes it easier because you know how you're showing up to um to that and so i love i love that you said that that's so beautiful um, just a couple of comments in here. Yoga with Yari says, this is so encouraging because I just signed up for B-School on an impulse, but clearly I made the right choice. Hey, Al, thank you for the free promo. Hey, we didn't talk about this. I tell y'all that was all him. Uh, I resonate with that so much. That shit is real. Absolutely. Yeah, Morgan, it's important. And, um, we glad y'all got some gems. Um, Al has a GoFundMe right now to support with some of his work. Um, in Imani Yoga, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a GoFundMe um, on my bio. Um, you can click on the link tree, and there should be a separate link. I, I set my link tree up. I was Come like, on, I'm link tree. <laughs> You're going to learn in B-School how to set it up on your own, how to set it up on your own page, so you ain't got to pay no link tree. So look out for oh, that. Wow. Mm -hmm. right, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's coming. See you on everything. I'll be on it. <laughs> Um, like, <laughs> but yes, yeah, support Al and what they're up to. It's really, really great work. Um, and Al's going to be teaching a Yin Yasa class for us on Saturday in the morning. So looking forward to that. Y'all can get in touch with the teaching style and the vibes, um, 9am on Saturday morning, looking forward to it. I could very much use a Yin Yasa class. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and yes, y'all show some love to Al in the comments and throw up some hearts um, if you enjoyed our time together here. Um, I you. certainly did. Uh, and super, super thankful and grateful for your time with us. So Thank you so much. Thanks yeah, for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to also let you know, um, I'm teaching a trauma-informed class today at noon. And there's also a link in my bio if folks want to come. 
drop in on Zoom. Um, it's a free class, but um, you can donate if you'd like to. So awesome. I'm excited for this class. But um, yeah. What's the best handle it. to find you? Is it Al Rare? Yeah, it's, there's Owl Rare, and then my yoga channel um, is Adventures with Owl. Adventures with Owl. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing you Saturday and taking your class. Giving y'all so much love. This episode will be live on the podcast as a bonus. So um, that will be exciting. And uh, y'all have a beautiful day. All right, y'all. Peace. Bye. Bye.